This is Doug, and welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. When it comes to hauntings, paranormal events, and general discussion about spirits and ghosts, they're often talked about as if they were the same thing. However, there are actually many different types of ghosts with a variety of characteristics that make each and every one of them different. At one point or another, we've all had a moment where we thought we saw something in the middle of the night or out of the corner of our eye. Maybe you felt a cold spot on the hot day or heard some odd thumping sounds in an empty place. While you might not be scared of what's going on, you might be curious as to what you heard, saw, or felt. We'll go over the different types of ghosts, how to spot them, and all of the additional information we know about them so far. I'm being joined today by Debbie, who's going to help us through this interesting topic. Hi, Debbie. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Doug? Good, good. You're going to help us out with this? I'm going to try. All right. Let's see. The first thing, what is a ghost? Well, before we dive into the different types of ghosts, we should probably get a decent understanding of what a ghost is and what it isn't. There are a few types and different paranormal entities that a ghost can be confused with. According to Hans Holzer, the late professor of parapsychology, ghosts are similar to psychotic human beings, incapable of reasoning for themselves. Contrary, that's, that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, they're like is. psychotic human beings. It is. I. <laughs> I guess they have no control. They do whatever the pulse tells them to do, and they're not going to think about the consequences. They're just going to do. They're kind of like well, three-year-olds. Well, it might be kind of fun. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. You'll you'll find out something. <laughs> Contrary to proper popular belief in the way ghosts are depicted in movies, books, and folklore, ghosts actually aren't there to cause you harm. If you feel something, brush your arm, <laughs> hear a bump in the night, or see a figure in the corner of your eye, it's usually the ghost trying to communicate. Yeah, that's nothing that's to worry a, that, about. That sounds fun. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, Don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's just a ghost. Sometimes <laughs> moving furniture or standing in your doorway is the only way they can communicate. They move furniture. And it would be nice if they did. <laughs> It's hard to find good help. What can ghosts do? Well, ghosts have various abilities. In the paranormal community, they believe it depends on their strength. There's some discussion that the different ghosts are simply from different stages of development in the afterlife. For this theory, their strengths depend on that stage. Certain ghosts can speak, some can make sounds, change the temperature, and even physically move things around and touch people. So have you had any experiences with ghosts? I have heard that there are ghosts in my house. Other people have said that they feel them. I don't. It's not, I'm not a susceptible person. You've never eaten any other house or as you're growing out? I or... don't remember ever i have i remember a time being sleeping in the living room with my mother in our first house and her saying there was somebody in the room but it's all was your mom susceptible did your was your mom a believer i think she was yeah more than more than i ever have been and my first husband was very 
adamant that they were ghosts. Even after his dad died, he felt like his dad was still a presence in his life. Just by having it? Just because they were so close, and yeah, he would feel like he was talking to him, or, you know, just there, just in in spirit, he was, you know, around us. So, with with your husband, I mean, there's, there's situations around the house with... Uh... Well, when he died, we were, my sister, his sister and I were by his side while he was dying, and she whispered to him, please leave me a heads up dime to know that you're okay. Because everybody finds pennies, but a dime is more an odder thing to find. And she said that to him a couple times. And it was a while, but then there's a, he built cars in the garage for years. And every now and then as you're walking through the garage, there will be a, a heads up dime sitting on the floor well as i've been around you know i've reported in on the heads up and it's always heads up and it's always a dime and you told me that story and it kind of this is one of the reasons i kind of you know brought this subject around to the you know the the unusual and the weird yeah which I... is you know um, ghosts i don't know if they're unusual and weird but they're certainly something a lot of people believe in and we see those paranormal I mean, I happen to catch them, they'll pop it. I don't really turn them on. I'm not, I haven't been a, a big fan of the paranormal because the last one I watched, oddly enough, the last one I watched, they look at the chair. There was this chair, I swear, it was like the string could have been tied to this chair <laughs> and it's like moving across the, See, moving across the room. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I, maybe I should watch more of these to get a better understanding of how they, you know, and you always hear they have a they have a device, and then they'll did you hear that? And it'll be Mike, Mike. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah, so I'm too skeptical yeah. to, to to ever believe in anything that can be changed. But the the heads up dimes definitely. Um, we always say hi Tim when we pick one up. Just you know. yeah. Well, I found about three of them, so now I'm a believer. <laughs> so is there death? Uh, ghost death and unfinished business. Well, ghosts are always tied to the place they died. Now, Tim didn't die here, but he lived here for a very long time, so I'm assuming the spirit isn't completely blocked from, you know, when you die at a hospital, I think maybe you go where you want to be. Um, they're also usually tied to any events or people who were involved. So, see, I was there when he died, so he yeah. followed me. Typically, ghosts have died tragically or abruptly. Many of them can be in denial that they've passed. Ghosts almost always have unfinished business that they need to take care of. This unfinished business is usually quite innocent. It can be used as a way to avoid the fact that they died. So ghosts are often considered the caretakers of the afterlife, it seems. Yeah, they commonly stick around to make sure their families, their friends, their homes, their belongings are being taken care of. So they watch our stuff? I guess. I so what do they do? Hey, wait a minute. Well, they don't, don't mess with the stuff. They don't want you to sell their stuff. However, <laughs> they hate Craigslist. That's right. <laughs> There's always the other end of the spectrum where that unfinished business can become really dark and sinister. This can mean the person died in an extremely violent or unexpected way. Um, that 
type of ghost is almost always a problem. <laughs> the problem ghost. The, the, Instead of the problem child, the we have the violent, problem ghost. The violent death. And, you know, just, yeah, ghosts it does it every time. Ghosts are typically thought of as being very dark and unable to reason. This is understandable, but not always accurate. So usually a ghost will behave the same way they did when they were alive? Sure. If they were kind, they will still be kind. If they were mean, you probably don't want them in your house. <laughs> so they're be if they're all cranky and smelling, you don't want them around. What are the, so with that, what are the different types of ghosts? Okay. We're going to go through seven of the most popular different types of ghosts. I really only knew ghosts. I didn't there's know like if there was, Casper. I didn't know these different, the Casper. There's Casper and there's Poltergeist. <laughs> I had no idea there was and like... And then there's Slimer. The Slimer, yeah, from <laughs> Ghostbusters. Okay, well, we're going to explain what you need to know about them. Awesome. So, the Poltergeist. Okay. A Poltergeist is a type of ghost the majority of people wouldn't like to encounter. They're the most common type of ghost portrayed in movies and books. And I have known. I grew up with somebody that had swore they had one in their house. The Poltergeist? The Poltergeist. See, they, when I met Your his, mother. No, this was no, this no. was a, a guy I dated in high school. Yeah. I went to his house, and his mom and his grandmother both started telling me about all the things that would happen in the house. Things would, you know, little innocent things. Sounds like, like stuff his, would be his mom and his grandmother told you this? Yeah. It sounds like his mom and his grandmother didn't want you in the house. because. That's probably very true. <laughs> <laughs> There's no faster way of I was a good influence on their boy. <laughs> they, they said they were all sitting at dinner one night and a poster that was thumbtacked to the wall just came flying off the wall, just flying, not slowly ripping, just flew off the wall. And they had quite a few stories like that, so. It's probably one of those black light posters, a little bit of, you know, yeah, I don't think reefer may have been wall. His mom was a nurse, wasn't really. No, she show, was. But she was the one when I... I grabbed some orange juice out of the refrigerator and found out that they pre-spiked their orange juice with vodka. Actually, that's not a bad idea, but they should mark that. Well, when there's teenagers in the house. I'm going to have to remember that. That's a good, that's, that's good premix. Okay, so poltergeist means noisy ghosts because they present themselves by making lots of, a ton of noise. This can be in the form of banging on the walls, moving furniture at night. More, more furniture, you know, so is this the second type of, or no, this is just the first one. So this is the furniture mover. Yeah, yeah. The rest of them, yeah. That's two, get, two, two poltergeists in a truck. <laughs> poltergeists okay. love to make their presence known, yet do so in a subtle matter. I don't know about moving furniture as much as subtle. <laughs> they, they sometimes start by banging on walls. Maybe the designer, the poltergeist <laughs> designer goes. But they just start with banging they move on furniture walls. And pictures. You, they, then they pinch, they hit, and they trip you. Wouldn't that be fun? No, no. No. Poltergeists have been written off as a natural phenomenon, such as water under the house, psychological issues. Or oh, there's a water under the house. Oh, that. Yeah, that's why my poster moved. And even forms, I, I don't get this one, and even mass forms of energy that the person being haunted is unknowingly controlling. What the hell? Oh, that's scary. That you, That is a scary statement. You're just like, little... you know, like a drone that you're moving around the house that you don't know. <laughs> Whatever the case, poltergeist might start off as a harmless ghost, but they can become very problematic over time. <laughs> so, 
this is what to do if you have a poltergeist problem, right? Okay. If you suspect you might have a poltergeist problem. A poltergeist like a rat problem. <laughs> you should never reach out or try to communicate with them. Please don't try to catch them don't reach out. on video either. Don't reach out. They don't like to be, they don't like cameras. Don't try to catch them. Don't. The best thing you can do is start implementing preventative methods like <laughs> cleansing and blessing your home. If all that fails, reach out to a professional to get rid of the ghost completely. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Poltergeist musketers. Fortunately, unlike an orb, which we're going to talk about later, a poltergeist is a fairly rare type of ghost. We don't hear about them too often. However, they're <laughs> arguably one of the most feared ghosts. This might be because of the movies, books, and television shows made about them, or it could be the pinching, hitting, and tripping. Now, is this the one with the is the movie Poltergeist when they had the TV screen and had all the fuzzy, and then something came out and grabbed the kid or whatever it was? Yeah, that's not fun. That's not a poltergeist. That doesn't seem like a poltergeist. Well, those were ghosts because they built the house on the Indian burial ground, and so there were dead people under the house, and they were, get out of the house. <laughs> So while they might be the rarest type of ghost to encounter, poltergeists are certainly the most exploited by the media. Yeah, often these depictions are inaccurate and over-dramatized. As opposed to very accurate and analyzed facts. <laughs> a poltergeist is not something you want to deal with. Again, call the exterminator. <laughs> or just say they're commonly made out to be way worse than they actually are. And then the one that... My favorite. I love orbs. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'm a real in, orb in, lover. In pairs. <laughs> orbs are arguably one of the most common ghosts around. They're seen in photographs and videos as white or blue ball of light that's relatively transparent. Orbs are usually suspended or hovering over the ground. However, an orb can be seen with a naked eye. This is an incredible experience. Interesting. So seeing an orb on camera? Yeah, seeing an orb with a naked eye means that the orb is creating its own light source. Therefore, it can't just be a fleck of dust on the lens, a camera malfunction, or reflection of light. These are all common explanations used to take the paranormal away from orbs. Orbs move quickly, making it almost impossible for them to be caught on video. However, it has happened. In certain videos, You'll see a light move quickly and swiftly across the screen. So the best way to capture an orb uh, is with a regular camera. That's true. They've been documented countless times on both digital and film cameras. From what we know, orbs appear to be the soul of a human or an animal that has died. After their death, they travel around or move from place to place. They don't appear to be evil. They've never been associated with hauntings. From what we know so far, they can't touch you. They can't speak to you. They can't move things or change temperature or reach out in any way. If you do get lucky enough to see an orb, don't panic. It could easily just be the old neighborhood dog taking himself for an evening walk. Yes. Just an orb you have to down be the, the street. <laughs> Has to be the neighborhood dog, huh? <laughs> or the old man next door. I don't it know. It could be. Oh my God! Just All taking right. himself for a walk. And then there's the funnel ghosts. So, uh, funnel ghosts are associated with the cold spots. 
God, the cold spots. I'm very familiar with those cold spots. If you've ever entered a home or an old building and you start to feel a chill, you might have encountered a fungal ghost. Those are the kind you find in the old buildings where you, know, you go in and like there's a there's a cold spot in the railing of the stair. Um, this could even happen if you walk into a cold spot on a really warm day. Um, just like an orb, there's really no reason to worry if you think you're in a cold spot. You just you're in a cold spot. They aren't considered evil ghosts at all. Well, they're pretty evil thing. Because I really don't like cold that much, so... You just... You said, turn turn up the thermostat. There's never going to be a funnel ghost near you. <laughs> funnel ghosts are said to be loved ones or previous homeowners coming back to visit the old stomping grounds. They're always found in homes or older buildings. Rarely outside. They um, These ghosts can sometimes take the shape of a swirling funnel of light. Hence their name. Funnel ghosts have the most similarities to an orb or ectomist, which we'll talk about later. Ah, the ectomist. This makes experts wonder if these type of ghosts are just stages of the afterlife. And then there's using cold to find ghosts. Here we are with the cold again. A funnel ghost is a little harder to spot. A cold spot is the only true way to identify one unless you're lucky enough to spot the funnel. Cold spots uh, have quickly become one of the surefire ways to find a ghost. In every single movie, book, and television show about ghosts and hauntings, the first pe thing people say when they enter a room is how cold it is. Additionally, outside of EMF readers, one of the most common ghost hunting tools around is a thermal imager to detect cold spots. Even though cold spots have been a common way to find ghosts, there's actually very little information about funnel ghosts in general. This lack of information plays well into the theory that it's a stage of development. If an orb is the first stage and a funnel ghost the second, it makes sense that there isn't much information about them. And then there's the old interactive personality. Okay, well outside... Okay, the orb. Outside of an orb, the interactive personality is one of the most commonly spotted type of ghost. An interactive personality is a person who has passed away. Sometimes you might even know them. Usually, this ghost will come around to comfort or warn a loved one. It's actually quite easy for this type of ghost to do because they are the most easily spotted. So interactive personalities can speak, make noises, touch you, and even show themselves completely? According to the paranormal community, they will look and speak exactly how you remember them. These abilities alone make the interactive personality the most interesting type of ghost by far. Poltergeists can touch you and make noise, but there isn't another type of ghost that can speak to you, unless, of course, we consider demonic possession. Oh, but who that's special. But who wants to have a conversation with a demon? I want to have a conversation with a demon. <laughs> who wants to have a conversation with a gonna, demon? They're not going to listen. It's not going to be a conversation. Interactive personality as the final development final development stage. So it just seems like it goes from one state or goes from one state. I had no idea it was just like the, this. The ghosts, they start out very ethereal and as they get to the interactive personality, they actually look like somebody that you know and have that same personality. They're, they're so like they grow informed. up, they, they're growing up, or they're developing, I guess they're, would be more of an accurate. 
from the time I guess that they pass into that world, they they develop and grow into the different type of haunting depending on how long they want to stick around. Oh, interesting. So there's speculation in the paranormal community about whether or not an interactive personality is the final stage of the ghost development. This theory could make sense because they're most similar to their human form in this stage. They retain the same personality they had when they were alive. They even smell the same. If they smoked cigarettes, chewed minty gum, wore a pungent perfume, chances are you'll be able to smell them out. Interactive personalities might be one of the most inspiring types of ghosts. While they can be mean and grumpy just like any human being can be, they aren't that dangerous. That is, of course, unless they really don't like you. Oh, that's, yeah, so uh, make friends. Yeah. And thankfully, was that? If you were mean to them before they died, I guess you're going to be sorry because now they've fully developed into an interactive personality that will interact with you. Now you're going to get screwed with for real. (laughs) Thankfully, even if they don't like you, they can't haunt you, possess you, or truly hurt you, which is really comforting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, interactive ghosts might be one of the greatest signs that the afterlife, afterlife does exist and that there is life after death. This makes them inspiring to many. <laughs> and here we go. The old ectoplasm or ectomist. Ectoplasm, which is also known <laughs> as ectomist. It's another type of ghost. They're seen as a really thick substance, like slime. So, yeah, I thought slime was something that is secreted from the ghost, you know, like Ghostbusters, where it, yeah, you just get slimed. I guess That's not, they, is it like they, its own gut? They become ectoplasm. So is that part of the development process, does, does it seem? Or is it just a different I think it must a, be just a different, different aspect of the ghost development uh, series here. Because these guys are seen when a medium is trying to manifest a ghost and it expels <clears throat> the substance from their body. So this is coming from the human. Oh. The human is expelling this goo. Oh, that's special. Goo. Nice. Um, the substance is described in various ways. Some claim that it is thick like slime. Others say it looks like a bundle of thread. Is it green? Does it, spill, just, does it spill out of a no, bucket on your head or no, anything? No, it's always described as being white, black, or gray. Oh, okay, okay. We have not reached color technology here. Once the medium expels this ectoplasm from their body... The ghost will then place the gauze, slime, or cheesecloth over themselves to be seen by whoever is summoning them. It's important to note this detail about the cheesecloth. Ghosts carry cheesecloth. <laughs> is it on a roll? They, they might need. They might paper. need to strain cheese at some time. <laughs> I see. The, okay. You know, cheesecloth. It's something everybody should have. An interesting aspect of the ectoplasm ghost is that they supposedly can move really fast, yet they stay in one spot once the substance is put over them. It captures them. Another interesting aspect of the ectoplasm is it should be clear or white when expelled from the medium's body. Once it's put on, the ghost will become dark and more visible to the naked eye. So I guess it's the on medium, the medium. The medium screams it, yeah. and then it goes on to the ghost, or the ghost has a form. If you witness something like that, there'd be no way to explain it. There are claims that the ectoplasm can smell so bad you can barely stand to sit in the same room with it. 
The ectoplasm is one of the most controversial types of ghosts because they've been seen, they've been photographed, and they appear to be very real. However, they're still not an accepted form of ghost in the world of science. This is because many have proven to be hoaxed, made of gauze and other similar or cheesecloth and other similar substances. And then there's the old, and my favorite, my least favorite, at the same time, demons. Yeah, demons are, without a doubt, the most sinister and evil type of ghost that we know of so far. Demons have been around for centuries. They're discussed in religion, literature, movies, video games, mythology, folklore. The demon is the only type of ghost that is closely tied with religion. Every religion from any part of the world, the demon will be discussed and feared. Yeah, there's a lot of that going around. And then there's the power of the demons. This type of ghost is incredibly powerful, unpredictable, manipulative, and can destroy a person's life in a matter of seconds. Kind of like people you meet on Match sometimes. Yeah, like Match.com. <laughs> um, or Tinder. Tinder's probably the worst, the real demon site. I probably know. There will never be any sponsorship from them. Uh, <laughs> Guess not. They not only cause you immense emotional and psychological harm, but they can also physically harm you. Their ability to cause physical harm is the scariest part about them. It makes them the most feared type of ghost. Unlike a poltergeist, demons don't flick, trip, and slap. They are often seen as a dense black figure but they do have the ability to shapeshift and turn into whatever shape they would like to be in. And then the differences in demons due to religion. Well, different religions and regions of folklore will have different ways of describing a demon. This could be just how they believe them to look, but could also be the way they've been seen. After all, they can shapeshift or possess human beings. Therefore, it's impossible to truly pinpoint what a demon looks like. Ironically, a demon has never actually been documented in photographs or video. This could also explain the lack of descriptions. Still, there have been enough exorcism performed and enough videos of possessed human beings to convince us that we never want to be in the presence of one. <laughs> Demons are not there to protect you, to warn you, or to comfort you. They exist. Or to come for you. A demon. A demon to unless it's a dodge you. demon. Now I'm on us. purely to torment and taunt. Demons love to haunt your house, your most prized possessions, and even you. Ooh. If, if you suspect you have a demon. If you suspect. <laughs> call 1 800. <laughs> you must never try to contact it. Once you invite them in. They're almost impossible to get rid of. Or they're like a vampire. You don't if you don't invite them in your house, you don't have a demon don't, problem. Do not say come in. Do not say put that welcome mat away. <laughs> Never try to catch a demon on film. And definitely do not go out and buy a Ouija board. So you have a little confused. You just buy the just the act of buying the Ouija board. Well, it's not like you're gonna buy it and not then not try to it. talk to you. Exactly. You're gonna bring it home. I'm just kind of wondering, uh, what is it you want? Did you buy an iPhone and not Sir, tell anybody? No, you didn't. 
Is there, uh, what is it you want? Um, you know what's going to happen when you break out that Ouija board? We've seen the movie. <laughs> the worst case scenario is demonic possession. Yeah, from what we know, a demon is the only type of ghost that can actually possess a human being. They always require an exorcist to get rid of them. The Ouija board ain't going to help. The demon... <laughs> And poltergeist. Oh, you got to get a contractor, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the demon and poltergeist are the only truly evil forms of a ghost. They're also the only ones that have, haven't been considered a stage of development in the afterlife. They're more of a sideways move than a development. <laughs> I'm going to become an orb, and then I'm going to go over here and be a personality, and then I'm going to be a demon. There's a lateral shift, and then there's that promotion of demon. That's right. And then we've got the shadow people. Well, shadow people, in our opinion, are one of the most interesting types of ghosts. They're the most seen, yet the most shrugged off. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night and see a shadow somewhere in the room? Oh, that's why. I <laughs> that is the dog. That's why I keep it very, very. You dark. keep the dog in the cage, <laughs> and you keep it dark. Yeah, yeah. So you don't ever. There's no shadow, so there's nothing to see. That's very dark. We, we usually, when we see that, we usually don't let it bother us. We just go back to bed. They get at it's all it's just nothing. But what if you weren't dreaming? <laughs> it's possible. You might have actually seen what you thought you saw. This shadow figure would be called a shadow person. A shadow person is a type of ghost. It's described as a shadow in the shape of a human figure, a person, or a mouse. They're often shaped like a human, but they have no human features, like hair, nose. Ironically, those who encounter a shadow person always claim that it was looking at them. And that can't be true. They don't have eyes. Shadow people <laughs> yes, do not have eyes. Most people describe the shadow people as menacing because they do scare people most of the time, which anything unexplained scares you. There's no way of knowing whether they're trying to be menacing on purpose or if they're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. The biggest argument about the shadow people, outside of whether they're actually real or not, is if they're an evil ghost, a kind ghost, or just a neutral, you know, I'm just here to be a ghost ghost. It's the Goldilocks ghost. It's, the it's ghost. either the bad ghost, the uh, ghost. kind ghost, or yeah, come in the middle ghost. I'm just a ghost, I'm here, I may not be ghost. here for long, I don't know where I'm going. A medium. They can't touch you or cause you physical harm. They don't appear to be able to move furniture. and Oh, they can't move furniture? See, they're useless. Uh, yeah, there's no real use to the shadow ghost. And they definitely don't look like anyone we used to know. They are fascinating purely because there isn't much information about them. There's no way to contact them, talk to them, even really examine them. For all we know, they might actually just be shadows. Why, okay, so in closing, why isn't a spirit considered a type of ghost? Well, spirits and ghosts are often discussed interchangeably, when actually they're quite different. A spirit isn't considered a type of ghost because of how they entered the afterlife. Okay, and so a spirit is a normal person who has died in a relatively normal way, so they go into the afterlife without any issues? Sure. They're able to reason, they aren't in denial, they know they're dead, and they probably didn't die abruptly or in some tragic, horrible way. Ghosts, on the other hand, the complete opposite. You don't hear much about spirits haunting people, and there's a reason for that. They know they've died, they're at peace. 
They don't stick around to deal with unfinished business <laughs> like ghosts do. Ghosts just are not done. <laughs> what type of ghost is the most documented? The most documented is the orb. Oh, the orb. The orb. <laughs> While there is speculation that ectoplasm and poltergeists have been seen in photographs, nothing has been documented as much as an orb. There's so many pictures with these little orbs in the background wow. that are just completely unexplainable. You can go through, you get on the internet, and there are just a million of them with just the weird, either a face behind somebody or a light behind somebody in these, these old photographs. If you wow. were to go through your photo book or watch an old home video right now, you'd likely see at least one orb. Interesting. Can a ghost follow you from place to place? Most cases, the answer is no. Ghosts are often tied to a specific place, usually where they died or the place that they lived before they died. Additionally, unless a ghost is trying to haunt you, there's really no reason for them to follow you around. However, if you were to be followed, it would be a poltergeist or demon. Of course. Of course, the one that wants to hurt you. This one that's going to keep following you. Well, Debbie, thanks for uh, clearing all that up and uh, going through all this segments of ghost situations so we know exactly i had no idea this was a thing so um we're going to wrap this one up and again thank you very much thanks this thanks for listening to another segment of alien probe podcast catch us on facebook at the alien probe post twitter at alien probe pod and we'd like to answer any questions or comments or suggestions at, at Alien Pro Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.